another week of the podcast. I uh, I'm super pumped about this week's episode. I have on my friend Lisa Sugarman, and Lisa is just someone who I had like an instant connection with. I really really enjoyed even just emailing back and forth with her. I was like, she is totally my people before we had even met over Zoom or anything like that. I could really tell that she was, she was one of us. She was a mom like all of us. And the reason I wanted Lisa on one of many actually is because she has older kids. So I am actually very fascinated by the moms that approach me that want to have a conversation about motherhood that are older than me because I find so many, in my experience anyways, so many moms that are older than me, I still get the same old bullshit response of like, well, that's your job. You're a mom. You know, if I'm trying to express some frustrations or I'm having a hard day or, you know, whatever, complaining I'm tired, like whatever it may be, I still find moms who are older than me and have children that are grown, they kind of give me that attitude. But Lisa, no, 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 no. Lisa is talking about the hard shit. She is, you know, she's one of us. And I love that. It is so refreshing to meet another mom, especially when they've already been through it. So Lisa has two grown girls who are in their 20s. So like she's done the hard shit. She's done the work. She has, you know, they're grown ass adults now. So, you know, but it's really incredible to me how she openly still talks about how hard it was or how hard it still currently is. And I find it really interesting to have these conversations because Lisa and I are going through the same things, like just a little bit different, but we have the same feelings, which I still find incredible. Like I just find that motherhood bonds us together so much more than I think that anybody actually understands. And I just, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. So we're talking about, we're talking about that exactly about how, you know, there's different stages of parenting, but we all still feel the same, whether it's your kid is struggling to read or your kid is struggling to find a job. Like it's, the same feelings we get as parents, just different problems. We're talking about how to raise perfectly imperfect children. And Lisa wrote a book called How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids. And so she is the expert on this one. We're talking about our high and unrealistic expectations and how we are putting them onto our children. I know I'm guilty of it. I know so many of you are guilty of it because you have expressed this to me. And uh, we're talking about how we can kind of work through our own shit to become better parents so that we don't place these on our own children. We're talking about members of our family or members of society having these expectations on us as parents to put them on our children. So Something that we talk a lot about in this episode is how our own insecurities can come out in parenting in a sense of we think if the child isn't doing something expected, you know, by whoever it may be, your parents, someone else in society, a teacher, that it's a direct reflection on us, which it's not. And Lisa's diving into this with me. We're talking about the importance of allowing your child 
to be themselves, like not to stifle them and let them be who they want to be, not who you have this expectation of who they should be. And uh, it's it's so powerful. This episode is incredible. It is so powerful. So I really hope you enjoy it. Please do not forget to check out Lisa's book, How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids, and enjoy this conversation. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Honest as a Mother podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Amanda. I can't, uh, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here. And we just, we had met previously and we just had like such a fiery conversation and I feel like your views with motherhood align with mine. And I always find it so interesting, the most interesting actually, when I can meet another parent who has children much older than mine, but our views align the same. Like, I just find that so interesting because sometimes I think we can think, you know, oh, well, like she's in a different stage of parenting than me. So she just doesn't get it. And it's so not the truth. No, no, it's not at all. And and it's funny too, because parenting is so cyclical. You're kind of going back and forth and back and forth and, you know, ebbing and flowing, even though your kids may be older, you're still kind of dealing with similar things. Just, just, you know, maybe it's about driving a car instead of riding a bike or, you know what I mean? Or, or high school versus college or, um, you know, they're all kind of interchangeable. So yeah, we, we definitely uh, had a great, great conversation the last time we chatted and yeah, I think you and I are definitely in good sync in those ways. For sure. And I like what you were just saying about like, I've, I've figured this out myself. I mean, my son is only five, but we're having some issues in school. And all of a sudden I'm like, can we go back to when he didn't sleep through the night? And can we get like, so I get what you're saying. All of a sudden you're like, the problems are the same. I feel like they're just bigger or like, I don't want to say more important because when you're in the thick of like, you know, the not sleeping, that feels like the most important thing. But all of a sudden Mm -hmm. your kids get bigger, you have the same issues, but they're just bigger in a sense of because they're forming who they are, like going to university or college or Connor's just struggling with like his letters. So it's like, oh my God, if he doesn't know his letters, he can't read. Like this is a big problem. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so I just, I do, I find it really interesting how it's all the same problems, but different, but you feel the same going through it each time. You do. And it's, and it's all relative too, you know, to, to where you're at. So when, when he's struggling with his letters and to you guys, that feels like it's, it's, I don't want to say insurmountable because it's obviously it, it is, it is something that you'll, you'll work through, but it's a big thing. And at that moment in that time and space, it, it is your big thing. I think what happens is like you said, the, the, the issues with our kids as they get older don't necessarily get more important. They just get a little bit more complex. There are just yeah. more moving parts. That's all, I think. Absolutely. Agreed. I don't like it. I really do feel like <laughs> We'll get used like, to it, honey. I know. Sometimes I'm like, okay, so like four years ago when I wasn't sleeping and he like wasn't eating and I had to burp him all the time, like, can we go back there? Because all of a sudden that seems way more appealing than these issues because I don't even know how to handle them myself, but we're learning all together. So, well, that's, that's the thing. And, and I, I just had this conversation with a friend just recently this week about how we tend to forget when we're parents and we're like deep in the weeds and you're so 
overwhelmed by your issues and problems and challenges, we totally forget the fact that, you know, and I'm thinking back to like when I became a mom for the first time with my first daughter, it's like they're this brand new little human being that needs to grow and be nurtured and learn and develop. And we are a brand new parent that needs to grow and be nurtured and develop and and figure it out. So we're, you know, even though we're the ones that are, you know, by design, the ones giving life and, and, and education and a moral structure and all those skills to our kids, like we're figuring it out too. And it's total baptism by fire. So you know, we're always that work in progress. I don't, I mean, our, that definitely applies to our kids, but I feel the exact same way as a parent. It's, it's definitely not like all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, nope, I got it. I know all the things I can do all the things. And I am, um, you're just ready to go handle any challenge. Like it's not, doesn't work that way. We're, 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 all, I'm, I'm 53. My kids are 21 and 24. I'm still figuring it out, still finding, you know, better, more effective ways of of doing things. So it's ongoing for sure. And I think like the days when you wake up and you feel like the most like kick-ass mom, cause we know we all have those days, like somehow it comes back and smacks you right dab in the face that you really don't yeah. know what you're right. doing. <laughs> right. 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 Like when you, when you get dressed and you're like, yeah, I totally like, I look good. And then you walk down the stairs and you're like, son of a bitch, my flies open, you know, yes, like that's me. exactly what it is. Yeah. Your kids are like, okay, hold my beer. I'm, how can I screw all of this up? Because, you know, she's feeling yeah, yeah. big for her britches. <laughs> right, right. Well, so that is something that I really wanted to talk to you about today because you had wrote this book, which I'm going to purchase today because I really do want to read this. How oh, to so raise a perfectly imperfect kids and... This is something that resonates with me because I am a mom who has extremely, well, not as much anymore because I've really worked on it, but who had extremely high expectations for herself. I am very hard on myself, very self-critical, you know, and I realized, especially once I had my second child that I was also putting these expectations onto my children. So since then have really, really been working on it and really went like, you know, move the bar from way the heck up here to much further down. Also realizing in the middle of it all that, you know, nobody died because I'm not perfect. So great lesson, um, but also a very hard lesson. And The more moms I speak to through this podcast or just over social media, or even just there's some in my family that really truly feel like they have to be the best. Their kids have to be the best. They have to be the smartest. They have to wear the most expensive clothes and have all of the expensive baby gear. And like, no one really cares what brand of crib your baby slept in. I don't actually care if your baby slept in a box. If your baby slept, I'm super happy for you. <laughs> like, right, right. Like if you're, if you're obsessing, if you're a parent and you're obsessing about, you know, the, the, the high end crib that you have versus how well your child is actually sleeping at night, then your priorities are screwed. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that just goes to show you where people's heads are at. It is, but I, I'm really finding in this generation of moms, we have these like 
I'll even use my, my kid's first birthday party as an example. Someone asked me, you know, well, what are you doing for goodie bags? the hell am I doing a goodie bag for a one-year-old birthday for? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. The kids that are coming, half of them weren't even one yet. Like, some of them couldn't even crawl. Like, what do they need? Bubbles? Like, so there is this, like, I don't know if, I think it's a society thing. And then, you know, we've brought it onto ourselves. And then I think amongst all of us, we have these really crazy, unrealistic expectations of what we should be as parents. And I really, truly feel like we're putting them out onto our children. So I really want to dive into this with you because you wrote a book on it. And I want to know, like, what are your thoughts in this whole world? You know, in this whole world of, of comparisons and expectations among parents or within the parenting community, I really do think that if you kind of like trace it all the way back, trace these, these hyper competitive tendencies and these, these, you know, judgments that we make against ourselves and where our kids are at. I think if, if you trace it all back to where it originated, it's really in this place of A, insecurities, and B, it comes from a place of just this, this side of, of us all, this human tendency to compare ourselves to the people around us. It's just, it is what humans do even the very best humans who have you know the most well-adjusted personalities and they're grounded and they're you know they're not materialistic and um you know they're they're kind the good good genuine people in the world still do that too it is just it's impossible to be in a world filled with people especially as a parent to be in a world filled with people and, and not look at what the people are doing and not look at what the people are saying and, and not look at what the people are driving and, and convince yourself that you don't care about the fact that that person has a house that's twice as big as yours or, you know, belongs to a club or seems like they've got their shit together. And it's, it's just, it's gotten to, I think, an epic level like an epic, uh, maybe an epidemic level, because people are so fixated on that, that they're completely ignoring the important stuff. Like, you know, am I dialed into my child? Am I practicing good self-care? Am I a good person? Am, you know, am, am I holding space for people? All those things tend to kind of get pushed off to the side because we're just so worried about what everybody else is doing. And I got to measure up and, and that kind of, lights the fire under the whole expectation um, issue. And, and that just, it's like pouring kerosene on it. All of a sudden, you know, it's out of control. That, that fire is out of control in us because we just can't, we can't look away. It's like, you know, it's like a car crash. You can't look away. And, and, and I think those expectations are the same way. Um, it's a very difficult thing to keep those things in perspective. And I, I think that, in terms of like having high expectations for ourselves as parents and then trickling that down to our children. I think a lot of the reason why a lot of parents have really, really unrealistic and absurd almost expectations for their kids is because they worry about not their, their child necessarily and what the, their, you know, if their kid is successful or thriving or whatever. I think a lot of it is rooted in like what my kid is doing is a direct reflection of me. So if my kid is not achieving and, and nailing those things that I think they need to be nailing according to what the world is doing or my neighbors are doing or my family members are doing, then I'm lacking as a parent. 
So I think a lot of it comes from that, that deep, dark place where it's like, well, if my kid's not on the varsity team, well, that, you know, I'm not going to be quite as excited to share that information with people because maybe, you know, maybe my next door neighbor's kid is, is, you know, going to a D1 school or is a varsity kid or whatever. So I think, you know, that's the really, really, really long answer. um, Or at least my first high level thoughts on, on why that is. I I just think, um, I think it's human nature. And I think that people haven't really learned the skills to separate, you know, Mm. to separate the, the, um, what's really important from what isn't. Yeah. So I know I just find this really, this conversation fascinating because I don't think I ever experienced such a level of expectations, judgment, um, worry, shame, all of these things until I became a parent. I find like the parenting world, it's like this whole thing in it. And really it's just, it's ridiculous. That's what it is. But yeah, um, I was interested. I wanted to ask you when you said about people's insecurities. So do you think that let's say um, a mom is insecure about herself that could come out as, you know, say her trying to put down another mom as a mom, or maybe even put down them, put down their child in some way, because say they're not on a varsity team. So are, do you think like their own insecurities are coming out like that to say, like, I'm feeling insecure about this. So I'm just going to kind of put you down or judge your parenting for this. Does that make totally, sense? Thousand percent, to- oh, makes perfect sense. A thousand percent. I agree with that. And that's just like classic transference. That's classic. Mm-hmm. I'm insecure about myself. So I'm going to bring you down with me. I'm going to make you feel insecure or I'm worried about like, for instance, my physical appearance. Maybe I'm not feeling great about my, my, my size or, you know, that I'm not fitting into my clothes the way I used to, or I'm not exercising as much. So now I'm going to ratchet down on my daughter, for instance, and I'm, I'm going to hyper control or try to, or helicopter parent what she does and what she eats. And I'm going to start making comments about, you know, the things that she's wearing or she's not exercising enough. I mean, all, it, all these things. And it's, it, it's, that's the root of mom shaming. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the, the absolute like bullseye center of mom shaming. It's when, you know, you're, you're feeling bad about yourself. And you're projecting those feelings, those insecurities onto the other people around you, because if you're not happy, you sure as hell don't want anyone else around you to be happy because that sucks. So let's all just wallow in it. And that's why people go out on the attack the way that they do. It's like, you know, you you made a comment about how, you know, we deal with lots of issues in the world that, that transcend the parenting world, but within the parenting world, it's like, everything is almost more exaggerated. It's like everything is more intense and, and it's, it can be so much more toxic that, that space. And I think that's because, you know, we're responsible for bringing little humans into the world. And those little humans are supposed to be little versions of us, little representations of us. They are a direct reflection of who we are and what we do and the values that we have and the way that we live. And so you've created this thing. And I don't want to say thing because it's a person, but you've created this thing. And damn, I want my thing to be as good as everybody else. I want my thing to be better than everybody else's thing. So I think that's where 
it comes from and it just permeates all the way through parenthood. So it's like, my kids got to be better and I've got to be better and my marriage has to be better and my house has to be bigger. And I think it's just like this vortex of shit <laughs> that just yeah. spins, you know what I mean? And, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's really hard for people to kind of break that cycle. I think if, if they're in that mindset, it's very toxic and it's very hard to break. It's doable, but it's hard and it's destructive. Very hard. And it's, I think the hardest part about it. So I'm kind of like there, I'm morally wanting to break out of that. But the hardest part about it for me anyways, is I feel like everybody's looking at me like I have six heads. Like, why does Amanda think it's okay that, you know, whatever. I can't think of like a specific example. Um, but well, you know, no, I can. Like, I'll tell you, like my my parents are both and my my brother and basically my whole family, except for my husband and I, are really big sports people. My husband is like video game nerd, like to the core. Um, I do not like sports myself, so that fits well with me. Um, so you know, my parents always are like, Well, you're gonna put Connor in sports? Like, well, he's never asked me to go into a sport, you know, like I've pitched the idea to him. He's really not interested. He actually really wants to do karate. And they're like, oh, well, he doesn't want to do hockey. And it's like, no. Um, but then, so the hard part is to be, you know, the outsider who is like, you know, I'm not going to make my kid do hockey because, you know, you guys have this expectation that he's going to play hockey because, you know, my brother did and this brother did and this person did. Um, if Connor comes to me and says, I really want to play hockey, I'll put him in hockey, but he really wants to go into karate. So I'm actually signing him up for karate. And like, I'm not going to put those expectations on my child because why am I going to put him in something? Because there's like this weird expectation that my family is a sports family. So my kid's going to play sports, but now it's like my kid and my, and myself are like the weird ones, the odd ones out because he's not in sports and I'm not pushing him to be into sports, but I could easily just say, yeah, you know what, Connor, you're going to go into hockey. And then he's going to be expected to go into something that makes him absolutely miserable that he, maybe it wouldn't, mm -hmm. but I'm just, you know, saying hypothetically, it would make him miserable and he'd hate it. And he'd hate me for it because I put this expectation on him that he has to be a hockey player because my whole family are hockey players. Well, yeah. Connor can be whatever the hell he wants to be. He doesn't get to be what I dictate he's going to be because there's like this stupid expectation, but it's very hard to be like, no, this is what we're doing. So I find that mm -hmm. the hardest part of all of it. Well, first of all, my, like my first initial reaction to all of that is um, I have one word for you. Tell Bravo. Me. Bravo. Like good on you. Um, yeah. I'm patting you on the back too. Yep. For sure. Um, I'll tell you something. Um, I live in a town, raised our kids in the town in my own, my old hometown. We no longer live there. We live about a mile away in a different town now, but raised our kids in my hometown. Um, you know, I played basketball. I played tennis. Um, I played lacrosse in high school. My children didn't do any of those things. They didn't want to do any of those things. My, you know, and I, I had kids, uh, friends who had kids who were expected, just like you said, expected dad played, you know, D1 lacrosse, they got to play lacrosse. Mom played soccer, got to play soccer. We were like, do what you want to do. The only caveat to that, and you and I talked about this for a second before 
we started recording is that if I don't care what you want to do, you want to join the stand in your head club. Great. Have a blast. If you make a commitment to do that thing, even if it's something you're like, I'm not sure if I like it, I might like it. I'm curious. Great. Be curious, investigate, figure it out. Keep that commitment until that commitment's over. Honor that commitment. At the end of the day, if you don't want to do the thing, don't do the thing. Just represent, you know, represent some consistency, like, you know, be, be consistent as far as the members of your family or the members of your community or or those kinds of expectations. All I can say that that is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your child is going to grow up knowing that they have parents who are encouraging them and supporting them and giving them the ability to make some decisions, putting the onus on them. Like, I think I like this. I want to try this. Like you can say to them all day long, like, like you've said, like, Hey, do you want, you, you know, do you want to, do you want to play basketball? Do you want to play hockey? Do you want like for sure offer these things? Like we offered our kids a million different things like do you think you want to do this or that because they're kids and they don't know what all the options are so we we present them and maybe we encourage them and if they're like nope then no let them figure out what they want to do and do those things so good for you and screw the other people is my like super short answer to all that because what someone else thinks about the decisions that you make as a mom doesn't matter. I don't care if it's your own mother. I don't care if it's your best friend, neighbor, family. It's hard as hell, Amanda. It sucks because you feel like a renegade and you feel like you're letting people down and you feel like you're being judged. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And that's what I wish I could just like speak individually to every mom out there who's ever felt insecure about holding their own line. There are two lines we have to hold as parents, in my opinion. Hold the line with your children when you say something or do something or there's an action and a reaction and a consequence. And we damn well have to hold the line with ourselves and the decisions that we make that suit our little personal family unit. Because if we don't hold either one of those lines, we're we're screwed. 100% screwed. Well, and I think it shows sometimes, you know, when moms, I I speak from like a mom point of view because I am a mom, but also because I've been there when I don't take care of myself, my whole family falls apart. You know, Mm -hmm. if I don't, if I don't put my husband and my children before, you know, my dad and my mom, my husband has it out at me. Like, you know, so it's like, you are bang on, like you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your family and literally nothing Mm -hmm. else matters. But I think it's also, I mean, they matter, but they come second and well, actually third. But because I always say like Amanda comes first, then her family. So then like, you know, my other family comes, comes last, unfortunately. But, you know, it's, I think that's another hard thing for all of us to swallow as new parents, because your parents, your brother, your sister, your grandmother, whoever have always been such a tight knit, maybe people in your life or a big influence in your life. And all of a sudden, like everything that they want matters but you're like oh I really don't like any of this I really don't like any of it and I would like to create my own life and you guys are making me really nervous right now yeah I mean you know what I think it is it's just it's a shift in priorities is what it really is and what it really should be it's not like you said it's not like 
your extended family or immediate family isn't a priority anymore. It's not that they're not important anymore. It's that you are in a different place at a different stage, creating and cultivating your own family unit. So that's the natural progression. That's what is it's what's supposed to happen. It's, you know, we, we build these families, grow these families, and naturally that's, that's where our priority has to be. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that everyone else still doesn't have a place they do have a place it's just a different place you know and and their opinions and their expectations and their criticisms if you want to call them that they don't matter when it comes to you and your partner um you and your husband you and whoever it is figuring out what works for your own family unit it's just that that's all that matters. It's just the two of you and, and maybe, you know, what matters to your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's what I think too few of us really learn and understand and accept and buy into. And that's what causes so much stress because we're always still so worried about like, how come like my decision, if we don't want to fly to, you know, Nebraska to do this thing for, you know, for a family member that we really can't do or shouldn't do or whatever it is, whatever the situation is, um, you know, we can't beat ourselves up all the time when, you know, we can't meet other people's expectations when it just doesn't work for ourselves. Yeah, 100% agree. Also, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts surrounding the expectations that we put on our kids say, like, I just going to keep throwing myself under the bus here, but yeah, yeah, I also find the, like the boy girl expectation can be different. I don't do the boy girl, but like, I know in my family, I have seen that with myself and my brother, there's different expectations for my brother because he's a boy, different expectations for me. Cause I'm the girl. And then I think just as like that or even just like the older younger child like I have literally I've heard it out of my mouth to Connor who's my oldest you know Connor you're five like you should know better you should know these things like I have this expectation that he's going to be this perfect child or something comparatively to his younger sister because he's five and she's three so like she gets a pass for being an asshole because she's three but he's not (laughs) because he's five and I have I've literally had to apologize to him and but almost kind of bring back to myself and be like he's five years old he's a child just because he's not three he's still a child so like yeah I don't understand where that expectation comes from but I also find it super annoying just as annoying as the boy girl one because I think our children are just children and that should just be it you're right our children are just children and that should be it and and you know period hard stop but Continuing with that, it's like, you know, again, going right back to the the same idea that we're all human beings and we all say and do stupid things and we're all irrational at times. And that gap between your your daughter and your son and the fact that one is a boy and one is a girl, I guess, in some ways probably plays into it, too, is huge to you. And in your life, in your world, it's it's huge. And so he does probably know better in a lot of ways. And so you're kind of calling out the fact, like, buddy, you, you knew better than that. Come on. And mm-hmm. sometimes he will and sometimes he won't. You know, I mean, I think, like, good for you for recognizing it in those moments and, and like, apologizing to him. I've done that to my kids a million times. But, I, you know, it's, it's really hard to 
it's really hard to separate. So I only have two girls. Um, I don't speak boy at all. Never had a boy. I don't have any siblings. I'm an only child. So it's, it's all girl for me. Mm-hmm. So I've never had that, you know, that comparison issue, but you know, I, we've already, we've always tried really intentionally to never compare our girls to each other. And we have like diametrically opposite kids. Like they're three years apart and they are so different. They both, you know, similar in sports and things like that, as far as like what they played and stuff like that. Very different academically, very different socially, very like a thousand percent different. Um, And we've tried to really be conscious about like separating them out as Libby's Libby, Riley's Riley, and they do their thing and, and one's best is her best and the other's best is her best. And I think it's just a constant reminder. I mean, getting back to what you were saying about, you know, we should expect more from them. On the one hand, I feel like our kids are way more capable than we ever give them credit for being way earlier on than we believe them to be. So there's, there's that piece. And the other piece is that, you know, we just, we just, we just kind of have to embrace where our kids are and accept the fact that they're going to screw up. We're going to screw up. That's the nature of everything I write about. It's the nature of everything I talk about. It's like embrace the suck, embrace the mistake. And, you know, you, you may have to keep reminding him not to do the thing you think he shouldn't be doing. That's your job. That's your job. Yeah. There's two different things happening though. Don't necessarily want to berate our kids. That's not productive. We, we don't want to ignore it. We need to call it out. We need to reinforce it. And that's what this whole thing is for those first, you know, however many years, 10 years, 15 years, 18 years, you know, it's, it's us just on a constant loop. We just have to make sure that the loop and what our kids are hearing and seeing is productive and mm-hmm. is supportive. And they're like, you know, I mean that there are gentle reminders. That's, you know, that's that's how I think we arrive at the place that, that we want to arrive at, which is kids who, you know, are well-adjusted human beings. Yes, I, I, I love like the gentle reminder. I'm gonna keep that mm-hmm. in my head because I think mm-hmm. if you go at it with that, then that's all it is, right? Instead of being like, mm-hmm. you should know better. You're a big boy, blah, 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 blah. No, hey, you, I think you need a reminder right now. Like, let's remember mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we can't we can't hit people or something. I don't know. Right, right. There's, there's a great little, little saying that my oldest daughter, who's now going to be 25, her second grade teacher, and I was talking about this with someone the other day, her second grade teacher, used to have this great little saying and we've used it in my house since Riley was in second grade attack the problem not the person oh I like that I'm gonna write that down and that is such a powerful statement because it reminds you that there is something to address there is something to redirect or there is something to um maybe necessarily fix but it's how it's, it goes back to the whole, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Like those Mm -hmm. things I think work very much in tandem. And, and I think, I think that's the nature of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It, it, you know, it's like, how, how do we, how do we, you know, bring out the best in our kids and encourage our kids and kind of point out to our kids when they're, when they're not towing the line, 
how do we do that effectively? And I, I don't, I don't know anybody who's ever had a lot of success, you know, screaming their head off at their kid. It just doesn't work. No, it mm-hmm. certainly does not. And then we all know it just makes us feel like shit in about 10 minutes after. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So your kid don't, doesn't listen. And then we end up crying and feeling guilty for six days. And yeah, so um, it just, it doesn't work for anybody. So, um, no, I just, I find this conversation incredible. It just, I just find it so interesting. I find it so interesting to me that like, if you, and I, I mean, everybody has their own issues because none of us are perfect. I feel like that whole cliche saying of like, we're all a work in progress. I really do think that's true, but I find it interesting how you become a parent. And if you have not done work on yourself, like you're kind of in for it. Like your kids can truly bring out every insecurity, every expectation you've ever put on yourself, every, just anything that's like deep and dark, it will come out in your parenting, Mm -hmm. whether it's through screaming or having really unrealistic expectations or, you know, whatever anxiety, depression, I don't know. It looks different for everybody, but I find this so incredibly fascinating because then you have a choice, right? You either ride the wave and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, or you actually have to put like a full stop to it and literally change like everything you've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and if there's one thing in the world that's going to cause someone to do that, to hard stop and completely pivot and shift and change, it's being a parent because it is a universe unlike any universe anybody has ever known. And, Mm -hmm. and you're right. I mean, it challenges us on absolutely every possible, like social, emotional, mental, spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And it never, ever stops. Mm -hmm. It's like the only thing you know, you, we breathe every day. We eat and sleep every day. We are a parent every second of every day, mm-hmm. you know, through, through everything, through whatever, like, let's separate out for a second. You might be a working parent. You're a working parent. I'm a working parent. You've got all those stresses. Just being a parent means, you know, you may have a partner. So that relationship has stress. You're a friend, you're a this, you're a that, you know, you're a human being with a million different balls in the air. And, and, some of those things turn on and turn off daily, weekly, whatever, not being a mom, not being a dad, that's there. And it, like you said, it fleshes out the good and the bad and the super ugly sides of us. And, and yeah, I think, I think understanding, going back to what you said before about how important it is to actually be taking care of ourselves like that, you know, self-care is such a huge topic right now. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that in, in like in every possible way that we have to be, you know, preserving our own state of mind and being and, and mind and body and spirit, because it, it goes back to, so my, my co-author Debbie Jensenberg and I talk an awful lot in the book about the fact that um, it's the old being on an airplane and, you know, the, the, the uh, air, the mask, the oxygen mask 
coming down. Like why they say, if you're traveling with a child, you put the mask on yourself first. And that is just symbolic of life as a parent. You have to take care of yourself because if you don't, you are absolutely useless to the people around you. Mm-hmm. you know? And I have to say, I'm, I'm forever grateful for my children. They don't even really, they have no idea like how much that they've like changed things for me. But I think like a lot of us, if we didn't become parents, you would just stay in this world of like crazy expectations, perfectionism. Like I never would have fixed any of that. I mean, it wasn't working, but it was working. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if, yeah. if I didn't have kids to hold that mirror up to the ugly side of Amanda, like I would still have that ugly side of Amanda. You know what I mean? I mean, she's still there, but she's much quieter now. Um, but I find, I just find it like so incredible that like these kids who don't know one thing about us, they come into this world and they're like, whoa, lady, where are all these expectations coming from? Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. 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 That's a real, that's a really good point. I, I really, I, I love, I love what you're saying. And I, and I, I love the idea of just kind of diving into that for a second, because that, that's something we don't talk about that often. And I guess it all goes back to the fact that, you know, we're, like I said earlier, creating these little human beings and they're getting the best and the worst of us and everything in between. And they're, they're getting everything initially from us. So it's, it's interesting when your kids get a little bit older and, you're, you know, maybe around your age, your kids' ages now, definitely mine. And you see your tendencies in your kids and you're like, like, oh God, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, like, where'd you get that? And you're like, you do it, mom. Like, that's the great stuff. But then sometimes when they act like a dick and mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, that was totally me. Or yeah. that was Dave or that was, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it really does force you to, to look at yourself through a completely different lens. And, and, you know, it's like, you got to watch what you say, you got to watch what you do, you got to watch how you behave, because we are our children's first teacher. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You know, we're the ones in the very beginning, you know, they get everything they get from us more or less. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's like, it's, it's an incredible window into who we really are that we wouldn't otherwise see. I know. I don't know. I don't even know that my children know what they've done. But when I tell them one day, they're going to be like, you're psycho. psycho." (laughs) Just you wait till you have kids and everything you know is gone. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Then we'll have a different conversation, right? Oh, yeah. My dad actually, and I look forward to it because, you know, my dad was over two nights ago and my daughter was just like such a terror. And she was just like, Oh, she's such an asshole sometimes. And <laughs> oh, truly, like, you know, she'll be like, I don't like you. Ugh, I'm not talking to you anymore. And she's only three. And you're like, damn, like, what did I do? Like, all I asked her was right. if you wanted chicken nuggets for dinner. That was right. literally, like, I asked her if she wanted nuggets. You're, for you're evil. Oh, so I'm a horrible mother. But my dad was sitting there and he just like giggles. And I'm like, what? He's like, I love this so much. Like, oh, it is payback. That's what that is. Oh yeah. Every, every parent, like when my, my girls would be somewhere and do something and be around my in-laws or be around my mom and um, my stepdad, they, they would, you know, 
do that silent little chuckle. And I just, I didn't even have to ask. I always knew it was like, you know, yep. Oh yeah. Karma. It's all coming around. My dad said he heard on a radio show the other day that your grandchildren are a gift to you because you didn't kill your own kids. So it's like, great job. You didn't kill them. You made them have their, their own children. So now you just get to laugh at them the whole time. Like this is your gift. Yep. Good job at not murdering them. Here's your gift. Mm -hmm. Isn't the universe a beautiful thing? It really is. Isn't it? Right. It always comes back around. Like we're just, you're, see, like your kids are in their twenties. Like yours is making its way back. It's going to come back to you. Maybe in the next 10 years, you'll have a grandkid and then you'll just, you'll be just laughing. I, yeah, I, it's so funny. Like we, we have, we have the most ridiculous conversations around our dinner table, like with a 21 and a 24 year old, like my 21 year, no, my 20, yeah, my 21 year old is begging her older sister to, she's not even like in a serious relationship at the moment. And she's begging her to have a baby so that she can be the fun aunt. (laughs) that's like that was the conversation a few weeks ago around our dinner table she's like no I I definitely would be an amazing aunt like I feel I feel like that's my role right now so can you just have a baby (laughs) you know and and like right Uh, so it's it's funny but um you know I mean for me in terms of like the whole coming around thing because my kids definitely went through that phase where they were just like close all the windows in the car don't play any music. Don't talk to me. Don't address me by my first name. Pretend you're not my mom. Like that kind of thing happened all the time. Yeah. And, you know, now we're at the point where, you know, both my kids independently will be like, Hey, you, you want to go for a beer or a glass of wine? Or do you want to go for a run? Or you want to get like, sort of the gym. And that's the, like, when that happens, it's like, it'll bring tears to your eyes every single time because I just so vividly remember those days when I would be literally bashing my head against a wall and Dave would look at me and and be like, it will come around, it will come around, it will come around, stay the course, just like walk away, walk away and it'll change. And I was like, no, it won't. It's never, they'll never be, it'll never happen. You know, you you kind of run through the laundry list of, you know, it it can't possibly get better. And then all of a sudden you're in a different place. And all of a sudden the stuff that you've just hammered away at year after year, situation after situation, all of a sudden it's like click. And, you know, so much of that just takes hold. And so you're like, you're doing the hard work right now. Like you're, you're, in the thick of it, you're, you know, you're, you're working on the future. You're, you're making it happen now. And, and believe me when I tell you, you're going to call me in like six years and be like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Look at what my daughter said to me. Look at my, my son said to me. So it's worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze. Love that. Cause it is every once in a while. I do get a, even for my daughter, she'll tell me mama, you're the best mom ever. Or, you know, we don't do, say we don't do anything. Like last weekend, we just like had a lazy day and I made like a charcuterie board for dinner and it was just like super lazy. And Connor was like, this was the best day. I had such a great day. And I'm like, we didn't do anything. We actually kind of watched a lot of TV, but it was just like, you know, so sometimes I see exactly what you're saying. You're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm on the right path because my kids are just happy. And one day 
they will buy me a glass of wine is what you're saying. Uh, that is exactly what I'm saying with their own money. Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not their own money. Like, let's not push it. Let's not push it. <laughs> right. It's so, it's so funny. Like my daughters now, it's so funny. Like our dinner bills when we go out now, because everybody orders drinks yes. and they like, it's so funny because, um, my girls will be like, well, yeah, of course we're going to go out for dinner with you guys because you guys are paying the bar tab. Yeah. Like, it's not even about the dinner sure. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, an evolution, but it's a good one. I love it. Well, thank you, Lisa. This, I love talking to you. I definitely will need to have you back. I just, um, I, yeah, this conversation has been so powerful and amazing and thank you. Can you tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, buy your book, all of those good things. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, first, I have to say that uh, it was just as fun for me. Um, the couple of conversations that you and I have had have been just such a blast. Um, you know, we've just gone off on these beautiful tangents and, um, you know, have, have kind of bonded over all of these, you know, crazy little uh, quirkinesses of, of parenthood. And, and it's just been a blast for me. So I so appreciate you know, you letting me come on and, and chat with you and your community. Um, you can find me everywhere. Uh, I'm on, kind of all over the place. You can find me at lisasugarman.com. That's kind of, I guess, that's my website. So that's kind of the hub of where everything I do is is based. Um, I am also on uh, Instagram at lisa underscore sugarman. I'm on Facebook at the Lisa Sugarman, Twitter, the Lisa Sugarman. And I mean, you can find my books anywhere. Um, you can go direct to my publisher, familius.com, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or pretty much walk into any bookstore anywhere and, and find um, my books on the shelf. Awesome. And before you go, tell us about your Facebook group. Cause I was reading about this. I like the vomit booth. Oh, I'm so what glad you brought that up. That's great. What well, you, have you joined? You have to do no, I'm going to look it up right now. I think we did do talk it right about now. It. Yeah, do it right yeah. now. Okay. What is it right I feel now? Like I, just this really awesome group that we need to we need to all need to join. Oh God, I hope you. I hope everyone who's listening right now goes directly to Facebook and puts in the search bar the vomit booth. I know it sounds gross, but it's it. not. Yep, you got it. Fantastic. Join. I will approve you in ten seconds. Um, so the vomit booth is is really kind of a um, an interactive com. Companion, I guess is what I always usually call it to everything that I put out into the world that has to do with family and raising kids and work-life balance and all of that. I was doing all these different things that were um, very symbiotic. So I, I write a, a syndicated humor column called It Is What It Is. And that's just like, it's all about life and, you know, being a mom and all the stuff that you and I have talked about here today. And, and I also... Uh, obviously, I write parenting books, and um, I was on the radio for a couple of years um, with my co-author doing a radio show called um, Life Unfiltered that deals with all the same stuff. So I was doing all this this stuff, but it was all kind of one-dimensional stuff, and I wanted to really engage with the the people that that I was writing and creating content for. So I created a Facebook group called the Vomit Booth because I had this image in my mind of you know what do we do so often as parents in particular, we, we just like need to hurl it up. We need like someone to be there to hold your hair back while you just let it all out. And, you know, whether it's the good stuff or the bad stuff or, or whatever it is, you just need someone there to hold the space and listen and maybe be able to react to it and bond with it and whatever, laugh, cry, all that stuff. So I created this group 
And it's an incredibly, incredibly active uh, and dynamic group of people who have, you know, from all over the world who've joined this little group. And every day I usually start off by posting something. Maybe it's a thought or a post or a meme or a story or whatever. And people just engage and people just let me know what's on their mind and what's freaking them out and uh, what they're celebrating and what they're scared of. And, and we just talk. And um, it's, it's just a great little community and, and um, the internet is limitless so we can have a bazillion people in there. So I think everybody listening right now should join it. Well, I joined it. So come hey, and join thanks. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I, I love, first of all, you know, I love anything like, with, uh, you know, my honest as a mother, because I love a, a swear word. I love anything that's a little bit crude. So the vomit booth, I'm into it. Great, great. Oh yeah, we we swear, we swear. I love it. I love it. You know, we have to. That's how we get. So we get through motherhood, parenthood, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much. I honestly, I love this conversation, and um, I can't wait to share it with everybody. And everybody, please go follow Lisa. Buy her book. Well, I'm going to buy your book today, and uh, you will not regret it. I feel it. Well, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, just the chance to be here and chat. Me too. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into another week and I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.